Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our country, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening and the old mansion is resting quietly after a busy day. Only one window on the ground floor shows a light. We enter and find ourselves in the President's study. Good evening. Sit down, won't you? Have you ever noticed when you're guarding against danger from one direction, it strikes from another? And I mean real danger. The danger of death. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which president the story is about. But meanwhile, I think you may be able to guess. One night in a shabby boarding house on the Washington side street, a young man was hunched over a table. He had just finished writing a letter. I have made up my mind. What I am asking for is no more than what I deserve, the Paris Consulship. I want this and must have it. For not only myself is concerned, the future of the country depends upon it. This is the great test, the decisive moment. No one, no one must stand in my way. Long live the stalwarts. <laughs> bringing me some money. Yes, I am. Good. What will you redeem? The brown suit or your watch? I don't want to redeem anything. I want to buy a pistol. A pistol? What do you want a pistol for, Mr. Champlain? Why, uh, why, for hunting, of course. A pistol for hunting? Pistols are not used for hunting, Mr. Champlain. That depends on what you're hunting. Here's my money. Give me that pistol. All right, Mr. Champlain. But you'd better be careful. Jed. Yes, Mr. President? How do you like being vice president? Well, I like it very much. Is there any reason I shouldn't? No, no. It's a beautiful night for a walk, isn't it? I'd like to know what your question meant, sir. Well, uh, did you ever notice you can't take a walk with just anybody? Oh, what kind of a walk? Well, if you're striding along like this, the other fellow can't stroll like this. 
Meaning, sir, that you're striding and I'm strolling. <laughs> Only for example. <laughs> knowing you, sir, I suspect you're leading up to something. Well, knowing you, Chet, I knew you'd get the idea. We're almost back to the White House now. Let's sit on this bench for a moment or so. Oh, of course. You know, I was leading up to your appointment of Caldwell as postmaster in Illinois. Oh? I didn't know you were against Caldwell, Mr. President. Well, I wasn't. As vice president, you recommended him. I approved it. Then what's the trouble? Well, I didn't know Caldwell was implicated in a post office fraud a couple of years ago. I never mentioned it to you, sir. Caldwell is all right. Was entirely a political mess. Jim Ferguson says that if Caldwell takes that job, every other man in our party in Illinois will be pretty angry. Since when is it the Secretary of State's business to run the party? Mm, well, it isn't, but you can't blame him for wanting to help. I suppose not. Well, I've acted on the information, Jed. I've canceled the Caldwell appointment. I'll tell him about it if you don't want to. No, 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 sir, I'll do it. Well, you know, I wish we could find a better way of making federal appointments... So mistakes like this wouldn't happen? I'll be extra careful from now on, sir. Good, good. Shall we go back? Very well. Just a moment, sir. What is it? Noise in the bushes. There's someone there. Oh, you there. So what are you doing? I'll call the guards, Mr. President. No, just a moment. You there. What do you, what do you want? Come out here. I wanted to talk to you, Mr. President. Here, you. What do you mean by lurking on the White House grounds? Let me call the guards, Mr. President. No, 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 Chad. What do you want, young man? I'm one of your loyal followers, Mr. President, and I have a letter I want to show you. I'll take it, Mr. President. Let me see. Here. My name is Charles Champlain, Mr. Randall. The letter's for you, too, in a way. Well, what is it, Chip? It's too dark here to read. It's a letter from Senator Conkling, the senior senator from New York, recommending me for a government position, sir. Oh, so you're after a government job, eh? Well, I... I'm not just another job hunter, Mr. President. Champlain, you shouldn't have bothered the president. I'll keep this letter. You come and see me in my office tomorrow morning. Well, thank you, Mr. Randall. Good night, Mr. President. Good night. <laughs> you see, there's a good example of what I mean about all these office seekers, Chet. They're in every corner of the White House and behind every bush. We have to deal with them so fast that, well, that's how mistakes are made. Well, I'd better be going in, Chet. I've got a lot of work to do. Yes, sir. Good night, Chet. It was a nice walk. Good night, sir. Back on late, Mr. President. Were you waiting for me, Ralph? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, do you want to see Miss Sarah, sir? Is she still here? Uh, so late. Oh, she's still here, sir. Do you want her to see you? No, I think she'd better not. Hmm? Well, she stayed specially, sir. Then she certainly better not see me. <laughs> I'll go upstairs quietly and you tell her I've been back for hours. Uh, yes, sir. Good night, Ralph. Uh, good night, sir. President. Oh, oh. Oh, hello, Miss Sarah. Still here? It's late for you, isn't it? You were out walking again, alone. Well, being with Chester Randall isn't being alone. When the guards were somewhere around all the time, Miss Sarah. Will you look at these letters, please? Hmm? What are they? Threats on your life. Oh, that again. I wish you'd take it seriously, Mr. President. I do, I do. But these people threaten to kill you. But, Miss Sarah, those threats aren't dangerous. They come from unbalanced people. Maybe, And but... before they can kill me, they have to get near me, don't they? That wouldn't be hard for anyone who's determined. Determined or not, you can recognize unbalanced people when you see them. And believe me, I won't let any of them get near me. Tear up those letters, Miss Sarah, and forget about it. All right, I'll tear them up. But I won't forget it. Then, Miss Sarah, I'll forget it. Now go on home, get your rest. Mr. President, I... <laughs> Mr. 
President. What are you grinning at? Well, I'm just wondering if you'd ever run out of things to worry about. <laughs> Good night, Miss Sarah. Good night. <laughs> Champlain, you told me to come see you this morning. Oh, yes, Champlain. You were wrong to approach the president last night. All applications for federal positions go through this office. You'd better understand that. Oh, then you're the one. What? I'm the one? You're the one who can help me. You will, won't you, sir? The letter you gave me last night recommends you quite highly. What sort of a job do you want? I want to be consul in Paris. Paris consul? Are you qualified for the job? Well, you read the letter. Yes, all right, I'm endorsing your application. And I'll write Senator Conkling. You've been taken care of as a good party worker. Oh, Mr. Randall, I knew you'd help me. There's one more step. All consul positions come under the State Department. Take this application with my approval over to the office of Secretary of State Ferguson. Randall, I won't accept that man Champlain as consul in Paris. What? Why not, Jim? I've got to pick the men who work under me. He came highly recommended, Jim. As what? Just highly recommended. And I can't ignore that. I've got to take care of him. Well, give him some other job. He asked for the Paris consulship himself. Chet, it's all wrong to hand out government jobs as if they belong to our party machine leaders. Oh, I want this appointment canceled. I'm surprised, Jim, that I have to remind you of our obligations to Senator Conkling. He's helped make our party strong. He made me. I was just another ward healer, and I'm the vice president. And you, you know what you owe to Conkling. But I have the responsibilities of my... A letter from Conkling is a commitment. Chet, you leave me no choice. I'm taking this to the president. Mr. President, I insist... I insist that Champlain's appointment be withdrawn. Well, I hope you're on strong ground, Jim. And it's very simple. I'm Secretary of State. I can't have people selected for me. Well, that's fair enough. On the other hand, though, President. I... Who are you? What do you mean by coming in this way? Oh, Mr. President, I, I spoke to you the other night. You what? It was dark. This is Charles Champlain, Mr. President, the man we were just discussing. Oh. I'm sorry to intrude, Mr. President, but I must talk to you. Champlain, you have no business being here. Now, please... Now, just a moment, Jim. Uh, Champlain, I think you ought to know there's some question about your appointment to the Paris consulship. But Mr. Randall promised me... I understand, but final approval on all federal positions lies with me. I don't see how I can approve your appointment. But, Mr. President, I'm well qualified... I come of French ancestry, I'm a student of international relations, uh -huh. and I'm a close follower of the policies of your, of our party, Mr. President. I worked hard during the last campaign in New York. In fact, I have a copy here of a speech I made, if you care to glance at it. Well, leave it with me if you like, Champlain. Now, I'm Mr. also a writer, Mr. President, and I want to serve my country and the party. That's what led to my being recommended so highly. All right, Mr. Champlain. You'll hear more about it from Mr. Randall. It's Mr. Ferguson here who objects, isn't it? Yes, it is. Final authority is mine, Champlain. You'll excuse us now, won't you? It's, it's been an honor seeing you again, Mr. President. Thank you. Miss Sarah? Yes, Mr. President. Mr. Champlain is leaving. Then would you step in here a moment, please? Good day, Mr. President. Good day. Good day, Miss Sarah. President, how did he get in here? I was just going to ask you that, Miss Sarah. Well, I stepped away from my desk oh, for a moment. Oh, he's an obnoxious the... pest. And Mr. slightly President. aggressive. But then they all have letters, so we have to put up with them. It's part of the job. Well, I suppose so. That's the thankless part. 
Well, good day, sir. Goodbye, Jim. Miss Sarah. Good day, Mr. Ferguson. Miss Sarah, I want Captain Drew to get me a confidential report on Charles Champlain as quickly as he can. Of course, Mr. President, but is he so important? Not in himself, but I'm heading for serious difficulty with Chet Randall. I've got to show him he's handling federal jobs all wrong, and I know Chet. I'm going to need plenty of ammunition, and maybe champagne is what I need. Here's Captain Drew's report on Champlain, Miss Sarah. Listen to this. Yes, Mr. President. He comes from French ancestry, all right, but he speaks no French. Well, is that so important? Well, how are you going to run the French consul if you don't speak French? I don't know, Mr. President. I've never been to France. Oh, well, the first record we have of him is in Chicago, where he became interested in a girl. It seems that the girl's father thought he was a nuisance. Well, he, he hasn't changed much, has he? No, the police warned him, but he persisted, so they finally had to arrest him. Next, he turned up in Boston, where he went through the motions of studying for the ministry. He even wrote a book called Truth. Evidently, he didn't practice what he preached because he was run out of Boston, too. The next step in his career is in New York, where he went into politics. He made a speech about me in the last campaign. I've read it. Was it bad? If he had made any more, I wouldn't have been elected. <laughs> Captain Drew is going to have some more information, Mr. President. Well, that's all I need, Miss Sarah. Will you have Mr. Randall go right over, please? This is the kind of man, Chet, that you propose we place in an important post? A representative of our government in a foreign country? Mr. President, it was on Senator Conkling's recommendation. If we ignore the party leaders, we'll have trouble. If we keep picking men like Champlain, we'll have worse trouble. Chet, you're looking at this whole thing from a purely party machine point of view. Naturally, sir. The party's got to be elected and re-elected. That's my job. You think the president can be just a machine politician, too? I don't think he can ever forget politics. Chet, I'm absolutely firm about Champlain and men like him. I'm sorry for Champlain. He's only made the mistake all of us sometimes make of overrating ourselves. But it can't be helped. So be as nice as you can about it, Chet. As you say, sir. And Chet, can you drop in here Friday, say about 5.30? I'm going to... I'm going back home for a few days and I'm taking the train on Saturday. But I want to have a serious talk with you and Jim Ferguson first. I think I know how to cure this thing for good and all. <laughs> is only a question of a little time, and I will know which of those three men must die. I expect to be caught. I want to be caught, or the meaning of my act will not be clear to the entire country. When the chief of police reads this letter and makes it public, everyone will see that I have acted not for myself, but out of pure patriotism. I and thousands like me cannot be left unrewarded and ignored. Whoever finds this letter should know that I will be reviled and denounced. And so I ask the police to place troops around the jail. Soon I will be recognized as a hero. And then my real reward will come. But now, I must know which of those three men is responsible. Which must be killed. Long live the stalwarts. <laughs> Mr. 
Mr. Ferguson and Mr. Randall are waiting for you, Mr. President. Yes, thank you, Miss Sarah. Mr. President. Oh, Champlain. May I talk to you, sir? Mr. Champlain, I told you... Mr. President. You... Is it true I'm not going to get the job? Mr. Randall spoke to you, didn't he? Yes. But I've got to be sure. Is it his fault? Or Secretary Ferguson's? Or yours? The responsibility is all mine, Champlain. You're making a mistake, Mr. President. Not rewarding me and thousands of others like me. We worked hard for you. I'm sure you did, and I'm grateful. But I can't give you a reward you're not entitled to. I asked Mr. Randall to find you something else in New York you might be better fitted for. But I want this job, Mr. President. And you can't go on treating us like enemies. Champlain, I've been very patient with you. I felt you were a victim of a misunderstanding. And I tried to make you see my side of it, but you won't. Now, I want this thing settled once and for all. No! What? This is not the time or the place to settle it once and for all. It is settled. Miss Sarah, see that Mr. Champlain leaves at once. Goodbye, Mr. President. Your next appointment, Mr. President. Hello, Mr. President. Mr. President? I'm sorry to have kept you both waiting, Chet. Jim, our friend Champlain's been pestering me again. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I told him there was no hope for him. This job's become an obsession with him, Chet. You should have heard him talk. Maybe he ought to be arrested, Mr. President. Oh, he hasn't done anything, really. He'll go away eventually, but he, he makes a good introduction for this meeting. Now, I'm going to ask Congress to prepare a bill, a civil service reform bill, to cover all federal employees except in executive positions. And I want you both to support it. Are you serious, Mr. President? You'll see, Chet. The main thing I want to accomplish is to have job applicants take examinations instead of pulling political strings. Mr. President, I don't need to hear any more about it. I'm for it. Good, Jim. Now, how about you, Chet? Why are you thinking about this action, Mr. President? Because political appointments are no good and they've got to be stopped. I didn't know you didn't trust me, sir. I don't trust any man alive in the position you're in, Chet. I'm doing the job as I think it ought to be done. It's the wrong way, Chet. Mr. President, political parties build their strength on jobs. How else can we hold our party organization together? It's more important to hold our country together, Chet. New ways will have to be found. And that's not our problem right now. It's my problem, sir. Chet, don't you see what the president is getting at? More efficient government and an end to the spoil system. One thing at a time, Jim. About efficient government, sir. As I see it, you want to fill the federal service with permanent job holders. That's right. Then people could devote their lives to their jobs. Now the competent ones live in fear of being thrown out every four years to make room for the greedy political hacks. You were elected by greedy political hacks, Mr. President. I am President. serving the people, Chet. Come on, Chet. You know what the president's getting at. I've spent my life in politics, Mr. President. I'm absolutely opposed to what you want to do. You're putting yourself on the side of the cheapest politicians that Politicians I... are always easy to denounce. They're not easy to do without. And that's not what I want to do. I don't know what else it is. I wish you'd find some other way to punish me, sir. I never knew you to be so stubborn, Chet. I've complained to you about your appointments. You promised to select better men and you haven't. First, I thought it was your fault. I thought you were deliberately opposing me. But I see now that you're under pressure and can't help yourself. I'm not blaming you. I can't agree with you, sir. Chet, we're old friends. You've put your faith in me before. Do it again and now. I'm sorry, sir. I thought we could go much further together. Oh, Chet, think it over. The president needs your support. Mr. President, the only thing I can give you on this question is my opposition. Not only mine, the whole party's. Good night, Jim. Good night, Mr. President. Chet. Chet!
Mr. Randall. Yeah? Mr. Randall, may I speak to you? Oh, Champlain, I'm in a hurry. I'm sorry. What happened at the meeting, Mr. Randall? What the devil do you know about it? I saw you and Secretary Ferguson go in. It's all to prevent my getting that job, isn't it? Hardly. I warned the president about what he's doing, dividing the country. It may lead to civil war. We won't stand for it, Mr. Randall. We? All of us, the president ignores now that he's in the office. We elected him to lead the country forward. How can he if he won't let the best of us help him? Look, Champlain, I think you're presuming... There's only one solution, Mr. Randall. We must take our support away from the president and give it to you. There must be an end to his kind of rule. Champlain, for heaven's sake. You've got this whole thing twisted. I tried to help you and so did the president. Now it's led to a great deal of trouble and you ought to forget about it. Why don't you leave Washington? I want to see the president at least once more. Well, you won't be able to. He's leaving Washington for his home tomorrow night. Leaving Washington? Then maybe I'll leave Washington too. Good night, Mr. Randall. Has the president left for the station yet? Oh, just a few minutes ago, Mr. Randall. Is there anything I can do? No, I wanted to see him before he left. Well, he'll be back on Tuesday, Mr. Randall. Maybe I'll write to him meanwhile then. I... Hey, excuse me. Yes? Are you the president's secretary? Yes. You happen to know if there's a fellow named Charles Champlain anywhere around here? Champlain? Who are you? I'm from police headquarters, sir. Champlain's landlady complained to us about his not paying his rent, so I began looking for him. I found out he spends a lot of his time around the president's office. She tells me he carries a pistol. A pistol? Good heavens, you've got to find him. I'm anxious to find him. Luckily, the president's going away and very few people know about it. Miss Sarah, I'm afraid Champlain is one of those few. What? He wanted to see the president again. That was last night. And to discourage him, I told him the president was going away. For the first time, I'm beginning to see what this man has in mind. We haven't a minute to lose. Train's on track nine, Mr. President. Uh, we have time, haven't we, Jim? Oh, ten minutes or so. Well, let's go aboard. Uh, Mr. President, there's that Mr. Champlain. Evidently, he wants to talk to you again. Here, let's, let's get away from him. I'm not going to run away from him. Mr. President! Mr. President! Well, what is it, Champlain? Now I know which one of the three stands in the way of justice. You, Mr. President! You've opposed me from the beginning. You've obstructed every effort of mine. I told you why, Champlain. What more can I say? Get out of our way, Champlain, or I'll call the police. That won't do you any good now, Mr. Ferguson. President Champlain! Long live the stalwart! Oh. Now Chester Randall will be president. The country is saved! Stop that man! He just shot the president! Stop that Mr. President! Mr. President! <sighs> oh. Oh, Mr. President, what will we do? Miss Sarah, get a doctor. Here, Mr. President. Let me raise your head. No, Chen, I... Just let me lie here a moment. Oh, Mr. President, it's all my fault. It would never have happened if... I came to the White House this morning to apologize to you for last night's... No, no, Chen, don't, don't worry I'll be all right.
Sarah. How is he? He's better, Mr. Randall. You know the president. He never gives up. Every day now, he's kept on asking how we are. What do the doctors say? No one's been allowed to see him, but he asked especially to see you, Mr. Andrew. The doctor said it would be all right for a moment. Won't you go right in, please? Thank you, Miss Sarah. Mr. President. Uh, who is it? Oh, come in. Come in, Chet. No, I was hoping that you'd uh, come to see me. It was my fault, Mr. President. Everything. Everything? You would never even have seen Champlain if it hadn't been for me. He would never have got his crazy idea that you owed him a job. And this wouldn't have happened. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it might have happened anyway. But that isn't why I want to see you, Chen. You and I used to find that we agreed when we talked things over. And during a stroll, well, I can't very well get up and take a walk now, but I, I know. <laughs> this job of being president. You know, you can't think of politics alone, Chet. Your obligations to the country. It's not so important how long you serve, how many terms, but what you accomplish while you are privileged to serve. Whether or not it's a better country when your term expires. You know, you've got to understand that, Chad. It's very, very important. I know what you want to say, sir. I hope you do, Chad. <laughs> I know I was wrong. What happened has changed my mind about the whole question of jobs. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Only I'd wish there'd been an easier way. I promise you, Mr. President... I'll support the legislation you want. You'll get your civil service law. If I have anything to say about it. Oh, <laughs> well, Chad, it looks like you're in stride again. Right in stride, Mr. President. Long stride, Chad. Very long, Mr. President. Ah, that's good. That's fine, Chad. That's fine. Have you guessed which president this story happened to? The time was 1881, and the president then was James A. Garfield. He lived for 30 days, almost recovered, then died the victim of an assassin. The vice president, Chester A. Arthur, whom he called Chet Randall, became president. And as a direct result of this tragedy, won the fight for the first important civil service legislation the country ever knew. Now, come and see me again next week, won't you? I'll have another story for you about the White House and Mr. President. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Good night.
Donald appears as Mr. President by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Green Dolphin Street, starring Lana Turner, Van Heflin, Donna Reed, and Richard Hart. Mr. President is presented each week by the American Broadcasting Company. It is produced by Robert G. Jennings, directed by Dwight Hauser. Miss Sarah was played by Betty Lou Gerson. Tonight's story by Paul R. Milton was suggested by incidents in the administration of President James A. Garfield. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adler. sure to listen again next week when Edward Arnold brings you another story of Mr. President. Now, here's a special program note. For an authentic and startling expose of some methods employed by crooked political machines, hear the official This Is Your FBI tomorrow night. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>